Welcome back to Core News, the news forum here at 90.3 The Core. This week's guest, we have Elizabeth Maddow, who is an associate research professor at the Eagleton Institute of Politics and also the director of the Institute's Center for Youth Political Participation here at Rutgers. As the director, she leads research and efforts to support civic action among young adults with some of her projects, including Are You Voting? Are You Ready? and the Young Elected Leaders Project. Right. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, so to start off, we know that voting is a really important part of the democratic process. And now while it is generally important to vote, why is it especially important for the youth to, to vote and for young people to be involved in the process? Um, right, you're right. It's important, obviously, um, if we want to sustain American democracy, right. a representative form of government that everyone participates, all age groups, um, you know, all, all citizens. Um, and that it's you know not the only way to be an you know an engaged citizen, but it certainly is a really important way. Um, but we talk a lot about why it's important for young adults uh, to vote, and there are a lot of reasons. Um, so again, not just to sustain democracy, but um, to really make the most of the power that they have. Um, you know, I think it's really important that Rutgers students, young adults in general, understand how many young adults there are out there in the United States that are eligible to vote. You know, there are more young adults now than older Americans, 65 or older, eligible to vote. Um, you know, the millennial generation and, you know, what follows is Gen Z. You know, there's a lot of young people in the United States, over 77 million young adults in the United States. Um, and so that young adults, this age cohort is constituting a larger and larger segment of the electorate. Um, and so it's not, a, not important only to vote because, you know, that's being a good citizen, but young adults really can impact the political process, really can impact the outcome of elections if they vote in large numbers and if they vote consistently. So, you know, that's really one important reason why young adults vote. Um, but then the other thing we're always telling our students too is to help them understand you know, the really important link between politics and their everyday life, right. that politics matters to them. <laughs> exactly, because I have a lot of friends, actually, who don't really see, like, the point in voting. Right. And so I'm that friend that makes sure that <laughs> everyone goes out to vote, or at yeah. least does, like, a mail-in ballot of some sort. Yeah. But there have been a lot of times where people don't understand it because they're like, well, like, it doesn't ma matter mm. anyway, but... Like yeah, and I, yeah, we sometimes hear that from students too, um, or sort of the assumption: well, when I'm older, I'll vote because then politics will really matter to me. You know, I'll have a home or I have children. Um, but what we are constantly telling students is, you know, we use this, this phrase: politics matters to you, and you matter to politics. Mm -hmm. Helping students really find, think about the many ways in which the political process and political decisions affect their everyday life. So, you know, here, if you're a student at the State University of New Jersey, you know, it matters who's serving in the state legislature when it comes to how much support the state legislature is giving to the state, uh, to the State University of New Jersey. You know, when you're looking at things like 
um, you know, funding for uh, buildings and reconstruction on buildings, um, you know, faculty staff, Pell Grants, you know, financial aid, you know, those decisions are made by office holders um, and it's voters that put people in office or take them out of office. So, but we always, we're often showing students, just think about your daily life and right. identifying the ways, whether it's how many buses are running here on the Rutgers campus <laughs> or the quality of the roads or your ability to get a job out of college, um, paying off student loans, all of those sorts of real life situations that college students are facing now or will face when they graduate, immediately when they graduate, not 15 years from now when they get married or have children, those in, you know, in large part are affected, are influenced by decision makers who are holding office. And we, the voters, um, are responsible for putting those people in office. So we really want students to have people serving in office that reflect their values, that reflect their beliefs. Um, and that can only happen if they vote. So what what impact do you think youth activism has on the political yeah. process? I think what's been so exciting, um, you know, and obviously the first example that comes to mind is something like March for Our Lives, but, you know, also more recently to Are the climate. climate. Yeah, there's been so much activism among young adults um, in recent years. Um, not that it's unique, not that there's always, there have been, his, you know, periods throughout American history where young adults have really led the way mm -hmm. when it comes to affecting change, political change, social change. Um, but what's been really exciting in recent years, um, I think a lot of it having to do with sort of we're in this generational shift where, you know, millennials are sort of now being replaced by Gen Z. You know, you're seeing Gen Z in particular um, showing a really strong activist streak. What's exciting, though, is it's um, that these these expressions of um, of activism are very political in nature, in that there's a real attention to um, political decision makers and political institutions and the role that political institutions play in affecting uh, change. So, for example, March for Our Lives. You know, what was exciting about March for Our Lives is that student activists, um, you know, many of them high school students, starting as high school students, were really specifically looking at people holding office. They were really looking at who are our state legislators and what are they doing on gun control? Who are our senators? Who are our members of Congress? And what are they doing on gun control? What can we do to make sure we have people in office who are representing our concerns? And they were really geared towards getting students, young adults registered and mobilized for elections. I think you're seeing the same with climate change and the emphasis that young adults are placing on not just talking about climate change, not just um, you know engaging in protests and movements and marches, but really looking at what are our elected officials doing when it comes to climate change. And that to me is exciting because it recognizes the role that the political process plays, the important role that the political process plays. And it's really through um, elections, it's really through public policy passed by decision makers where you can really make long-term systemic, broad-reaching change that you really you can accomplish or you can at least get it on the agenda with protesting and speaking right. out but it takes actually you know having people in office right. who will who will affect that change right. um, so that's what's been exciting about youth activism and i feel like now um like young people aren't as afraid to actually go and run mm -hmm. 
for something. Yeah, and I think uh, right. We saw um, we are seeing um, heightened interest um, and heightened um, motivation to run for office. Um, we have some data that we've collected. We have posted on our website from our Young Elected Leaders Project. That really demonstrates, you know, the increased representation of millennials. Um, in Congress, uh, you know, we saw, you know, some states in particular, we have some data on young adults who ran for office uh, last year in 2018. Um, and that's really unique data. No one else has that data out there. So it allows us to really chart are more and more young people. Are we seeing any changes in young people running for office? Now, still, you know, the number of people serving in office certainly doesn't reflect uh, the, the size of the millennial generation. But I think, you know, and there hasn't been a lot of willingness or interest among young adults in recent years. But I'm hopeful that that's changing. Um, and, you know, a lot of it being there are some really prominent young adults holding office right now at the national level, especially, that offers, you know, an example, a model. Um, you know, when you can see someone who is not that much older than you, um, you can envision yourself maybe playing a role in politics also um, and maybe even running for office. Um, so, you know, I think uh, that's heartening in my mind that not only young adults are sh demonstrating a, a heightened interest in voting, but even considering running for office. So that is exciting. And so how do you think uh, politicians now, both young and old, how do you think that they are successful in reaching out to the youth? And in what ways are they lacking or could they improve? Right, it's a really interesting question. So I think what's been exciting, especially after 2018, um, you know, for, for years, you know, we've known that there's really good research that demonstrates if you reach out to young adults and encourage them to, to participate in elections and vote, that they'll vote. Um, but on the downside is because historically, at least for the you know, last 15 or so years, young adults have not voted consistently and in large numbers. Campaigns haven't been motivated to reach out to them. Yeah, they're right. I think we saw that. Yeah, young adults' rates were, you know, not, they were still hovering around 50% of, mm -hmm. of young eligible voters turning out on election day. So more often than not, campaigns didn't see it as a, um, as a smart use of their resources. Um, if young adults are not, you know, it's iffy on whether or not they're going to turn out on election day, you know, campaigns have limited resources and they're going to reach out to their most likely voters, the people who are likely to turn out. Now, what I think has been very interesting is 2018 really demonstrated a, a real uh, increase in interest and propensity to, to vote on election day. Turnout rates among young adults in general, especially on college campuses, you know, really skyrocketed. Yeah. On this campus, um, our turnout rates between 2014 and 2018 you know, tripled, nearly quadrupled. So there's definitely more interest and likelihood that young adults will run for, I'm sorry, will, will vote on election day. So campaigns see that, you know, they, they want to win. Um, so they're <laughs> going to reach out. You know, they, they know that they need to at least think about young adults maybe more than they have in the past. But it's going to take consistent, uh, persistent voting by young adults. If it's just occasional for this election here and there, um, it's still sort of a risky bet for young adults, um, I mean, for, for candidates to reach out to young adults. And we've noticed that we're doing a research project um, with our students, uh, students that are taking my coursework are participating in a research project called Are You Talking to Me? Where they really sy systematically are looking at messaging coming out of campaigns, um, whether it's 
Um, you know, we're specifically, since we have so many Democratic candidates, we're looking at Democrats right, right now. When we get closer to the general election, you know, uh, we'll look then at whoever the two be, Republican yeah. and, you know, who the Republican and Democratic candidates are. But we're really focused on the Democratic candidates right now. So my students are looking at the debates. They're looking at social media platforms. They're looking at websites, um, trying to get a sense. And again, not anecdotally, but really looking systematically. Still, you know, candidates still aren't really talking to young adults or about issues unique to young adults. Um, every so once in a while, to appeal to 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 the older generation. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know candidates, these Democratic primary candidates, have to win the nomination first. Right. So you have to win the primaries, and you know more often than not, it is sort of your your either most uh, liberal or most conservative uh, constituents um, or, you know, people have the longest track record, you know, most dedicated voters. Um, that doesn't always, that's not always young adults. Um, and so I think a lot of it has to do with the fact, as you said, that primary, they need to get through the primaries. And right. so you need to appeal to those people who are the most, the most likely primary voters. Um, the risk is you end up alienating a large group, a large segment of the electorate by not reaching out to young adults now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if after the primaries, you know, I still think there's value in reaching out to young adults now, given that there is a heightened interest. Um, but it will be interesting to see, you know, the nominees pivot maybe. Uh, I assume they will pivot after their primaries going into the general. Um, and more directly reaching out to young adults, the question is, will it be too late at that right. point? Um, is, is, there, is there work that candidates can be doing now to make sure they're still involving young adults um, and talking about issues that matter to them, talking to them? Um, uh, because it's risky to just assume young adults will turn out and support them once they've got the nomination. I think that was, um, you know, I think that was a risk that did not pay off um, no. in the last <laughs> presidential election. So I think, um, you know, there's their understanding that resources are limited and you need to win the nomination first. It's a risky move to, to forget young adults because there are a lot of young adults out there who can vote and are at least showing a, a propensity to vote. Um, so making sure you're doing a little groundwork with them, I think, is important. So what are some hopes that you have for the upcoming elections, not just next week, but also in the future? Well, as I said, um, we've been so excited um, and heartened and encouraged by not only political activism, but actually political um, engagement via voting. So 2018 was a really important year for young adults. Um, I also think it was a really important year for college campuses because I think a lot of the increases can be attributed to college campuses playing a more active role in getting students to the polls. Um, I know, you know, Rutgers has always been good about doing voter registration and mobilization, but 2018, we did more than we ever have done, I think, um, more collaboratively. You know, we put together a um, Rutgers University Civic Engagement Coalition. We kicked it off with a summit of people all across the campus, faculty, students, administrators, from all disciplines, all facets of campus life, to really come together and, and offer a collaborative approach to engaging students in elections. Um, and we're not the only campus that did that. You know, I think campuses more and more are paying closer attention to their role right. as an institution of higher education 
um, in preparing their students to be informed and engaged citizens. Um, and it can be, it should be done in a nonpartisan way, but it should be done with a real uh, attention to this. That's a role of education and is schools, to teach you how to be a democratic citizen. Exactly. Schools, I think um, there's like an untapped influence that schools do not realize that they yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes it's fear or concern that you are going to be ideological and maybe favor one party versus another. Um, and I think that sh there are ways, there are plenty of ways, and that should be the, the route that colleges take, is to offer this civic engagement education to all of their students, no matter what their political interest is or political affiliation is. Um, but we have a role to play when it comes to encouraging and supporting students, you know, so whether it's uh, such as here at Rutgers, where we have our Are You Voting website that the university directs students to, whether it's in President Barchi's email blast or having a button on Sakai and My Rutgers that directs students to our, our polling or to our um, website, reminding students that it's election day, helping them figure out where their polling location is, um, offering a shuttle. We have a free election day shuttle that takes students to um, Parsons School, which is a difficult school to get to where it's a polling location. So I think my hope, not only for next week, but into the future, is that we build on this good work um, and that students continue to turn out in large numbers consistently um, and really force candidates to pay attention to them, force campaigns to pay attention to them. And again, the only way campaigns are really going to pay attention is if they know that their their vote is <laughs> dependent upon reaching out to young adults. So um, I think that's my hope, and my hope too is that universities such as Rutgers University continue to play that active role um, in making the voting process um, more accessible, more understandable, and seen as really a part of our role as democratic citizens. So to wrap this up, uh, what are some events that the center is having and how can people get involved? So immediately coming up, so November 5th is election day. Um, so we're gonna be spending the next week um, just helping students understand that there's an election coming up, helping them understand the role they can play, helping them understand how to get to the polls. So on Monday, we're gonna have an event on the Voorhees Mall um, for the afternoon. We're gonna have maps out showing students where their polling location is, if they're registered here on campus, we're going to have some snacks, some donuts, and that sort of thing. Free, free so, free food. <laughs> so we can always use volunteers to help us pass out that free food and help students understand, you know, how to get to their polling location. On election day, we're going to have what we call parties at the polls, where we will have students out um, at the various polling locations for parts of the day. We'll have students out at the Beale bus stop all day because that's where the shuttle um, picks students up and takes them to Parsons School. So we're always looking for volunteers to help us on that day, just to get the word out, spread the word. Um, another way just to help is we're gonna have social media, we're gonna post all over on social media to share them, to you know really disseminate them. Feel free to plug in the social media. We would, absolutely. So yes, if you're not following us or liking us, please follow us and like us um, and spread the word about where the polling locations are. Then it's election day, tell your friends it's election day and make sure they're going to the polls. Um, and then after that, um, we want to encourage students um, you know, we care about all elections. We do this uh, for all elections. Pretty much as soon as this election is over, we're going to be getting On ready for 2020. <laughs> yes. So we have a Rutgers University Civic Engagement Coalition that is open to all students, um, all faculty, all administrators, 
Um, you know, if that's something that's of interest to students, no matter what your field, even we really appreciate, we want students from all disciplines. We want students from engineering, from, you know, from the humanities, from the arts. We want all students involved in this coalition. Um, we want to have you involved in it. So if that's something that's of interest to students, we'll be gearing up pretty quickly after this election um, and we'll be getting ready for the spring, getting ready for 2020. Um, we have internships here at the Center for Youth Political Participation, all semesters, three credit internships offered through the Political Science Department. Um, we have, I have a topics class that I offer through the Political Science Department. So lots of ways to be involved either as a volunteer or actually earning college credit and doing this sort of work. So all of this information is on our website, cypp.rutgers.edu. Um, and you can also follow us on all our social media platforms. Um, or just come to Eagleton. Uh, we're here on the Cook Douglas campus, nice big white building, Woodlawn Mansion. Can't miss it. <laughs> Can't miss us. Um, and we want students to know that we are part of Rutgers University. We want them to walk in the door. We want students to know they are welcome here. We love having them here. Um, but lots of ways to get involved. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. My pleasure. And for those of you tuning in, this has been Core News here at 90.3 The Core.